Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Miss Yak back with another episode of Girl Talk with Miss Yak. I've got a special guest, Miss Rokita Johnson, is an award-winning speaker, certified world-class speaking coach, certified uh, sorry, certified virtual. Rokita male professionals and entrepreneurs from simply being public speakers to being powerful presenters. Now, her goal is to change who a person authentically is, is not to change who a person authentically is, but instead to bring out the best version of who they already are as a speaker. And she does this through one-on-one sessions, group coaching, and training programs. She also works with clients on presentation creation, audience engagement, managing nerves, virtual speaking, and much more. And guess what, y'all? She is right here in my backyard of Huntsville, Alabama. So we're going to go ahead and bring her on in. Hello. Hi, Miss Yak. How are you? I am just lovely. Thank you so much for coming <laughs> on. Goodness, Thank goodness. You. All right. So your specialty is public speaking. speaking. Okay. Now, yes. Rokita, with your profession, I mean, I know, you know, when we go to college, we have to take a public speaking course. That's required. That's still required today. But one Mm -hmm. thing that I've noticed with public speaking is that it's, you can now do it virtually now. So you don't have to have to actually be in an actual classroom to take public speaking. You can do it online. So with social media, the way that it is now, why is public speaking so necessary in 2022? Because of just what you said there, We were so accustomed to speaking in person that when the pandemic happened, that threw a lot of us for a loop who are not used to speaking in public. Now, it doesn't matter the vehicle. It doesn't matter if you're in person or online. It's still public speaking. However, a lot of people were grossly unprepared to speak in the virtual environment because Things that you do in person don't necessarily easily translate over to virtual. Sometimes we think we can just take something and bring it right on over to, you know, take one box and bring it to the next box. Doesn't Mm -hmm. work like that. There are some nuances, things that you have to do a little bit differently in virtual. And that was scary for a lot of people. So that's why right now public speaking skills are more important 
than ever because you still need to be able to communicate but now you have to be able to do it not just in person but virtually and even now hybrid as we're getting a little bit out of the pandemic so to speak wow wow so because i was under the impression that you know we were kind of getting away from public speaking because of all the social media because you know today you always hear people say well i have my platforms on instagram TikTok, and facebook and whatnot and so that's what they're using to get their message out more and more it seems so i honestly thought you know we were kind of drifting away from the art of public speaking is that not the case no not at all if anything the importance of public speaking skills has been magnified even more so uh in the last couple years. And I love how you brought up that yes, more people, especially when a pandemic happened because you were tethered to your home, you people were doing things on social media, more podcasts seemed to come out. So everything literally was online. However, remember, like you and I are doing this podcast right now, you and I are still, we still have an audience. This audience is not in front of us. However, once this podcast is finished, once it's edited and it goes on YouTube and the other channels that you have, there is an audience that is still going to watch this. So whether the audience is literally there or not, this is something that we still are speaking to an audience. This avenue is still allowing us to speak to people. They will be watching this. Same thing when people go on Instagram. I'm sure you've probably seen a lot of people do interviews on Instagram. And then you see all the people who are watching. They're not sitting mm -hmm. in front of me. No, I can't see them. But this is an audience that is there. And the fact that some people know they are being watched still, it still makes them feel nervous, just as if they were in person doing public speaking to a live audience. So. Wow. Things may have changed the vehicle a little bit, but it's still public speaking. It doesn't matter if it's on social media, podcast, or in person. Wow. But, you know, but then again, Rokita, I would also think that, okay, if we don't have people physically sitting in front of us, it should be easier. <laughs> I mean, I you don't see them. So like, hey, you don't know if they're on their phone or, you know, if they're even paying attention to you. Ah, just what you said, though, that's actually what makes some people more nervous. Let's think about this is a good example. More people in corporate or any business type of business, for that matter, who had to speak to their coworkers or maybe they were doing some type of any type of business presentation, whether it was to their colleagues or to potential clients. Sometimes those clients are not always showing their faces. They may, you know, have the camera off. You may see their photo. That can make you more nervous because I know they're there. I can't see them. I don't know if I am actually engaging this audience because I can't see them. I know mm -hmm. they are there. When I'm in person, it's easier for me to judge if I am connecting with these people. I can look at visual cues, like if they're nodding your head, if they're mm -hmm. squinting your eyes a bit, maybe cocking your head to the side. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I know that they're interested in what I'm saying. If someone is smiling at what I've just said, 
those are visual cues that I know this audience is engaging with what I'm telling them. Little more challenging when I really can't see the audience. Like when we're on Zoom, for example, and you're mm -hmm. talking and your screen, your screen, your face is front and center here. <laughs> and the audience, you have the little boxes. You're not necessarily looking at the little boxes while you're speaking. Or like I said, they're not showing your faces all the time, but you know they're there. That yeah. can be very unnerving for people because you can't read visual cues. Okay. Okay. So I, I, I see where you're going with that, you know, because I... I've never been a stranger to the stage. Um, my first love was theater. So I enjoy being in front of people and speaking and, and whatnot. Uh, so, but I get what you're saying because I do feed off the audience's energy as well. So um, I, I understand that. And I also, you know, I facilitate classes um, in my full-time job as well. So being in front of an audience and trying to get that audience and keep them engaged um, is something that I is one of my pet peeves, I, I guess you could say, um, when I'm talking to my trainers and whatnot, because I want to make sure that we keep the audience engaged. Um, because I, in my opinion, public speaking and facilitating, they kind of go hand in hand to some degree. But facilitating is, I, I, I kind of tell my, my team, you're almost like an entertainer. Because you're not only delivering information, but you're also that comedian. You're also, you know, that you're basically entertaining them as well because you have to keep them engaged. The more engaged they are, the more likely they're going to retain that information that you're trying to deliver. You know, so as public speaking, I think it's, it's kind of similar along those lines. What, what do you think? It absolutely is. Facilitating is a form of public speaking. You are still delivering information to an audience, you're addressing, whether it's one person or a group of 100 people, you are going up in front of a group of people with a specific purpose, whether that is to inform, whether that is to entertain, whether that is to persuade, whether that is to inspire mm -hmm. or motivate, you went up in front of this group with a purpose when you're facilitating, you're training them. Sometimes we think of public speaking as something formal, like a formal speech. I'm going to get up there and give this 45 minute keynote speech. Well, right. that's not what a lot of people are doing necessarily every day in public speaking. Public speaking can take many forms. Like you just said, for example, with you, it's facilitating for another person. Like there are other, there are teachers. Teachers have to get up in front of a group. They're still speaking. For other people, mm -hmm. that might mean I have to speak up in front of this meeting with all these people, or I have to lead this meeting. That's still a form of public speaking. So it doesn't have to be a formal speech that we're giving. Public speaking can happen any moment. It could be me standing up in church and reading the bulletin, the announcements to the people that are in True. this congregation or giving my testimony. Test mm -hmm. public speaking takes so many different forms. So yes, I agree with you. So, Definitely. So what kind of client base do you typically get now? These are these just your average Joe, one of the male people who just say, Hey, I've got a big speech coming up. I need your assistance. Um, or are these more higher scale uh, clientele, like individuals who are actually in public speaking for a living? It's the former, just what you described. These are what we would deem like the, the everyday people. 
a lot of my clients, they are entrepreneurial women. So like some of my clients, they are dentists who own their own practice. I have women who are experts in finance and they want to be able to communicate that financial information better to people. I have some people who the public speak is not necessarily tied to their business, the women that I work with, um, but maybe it's just a message that they want to get out there and they want to be able to deliver it in a more engaging way. They want to speak with clarity so they don't sound like they're rambling all over the place. It's, I don't really have, not as of late anyway, anyone who is so much already involved in public speaking, like they were doing that heavily and maybe they just needed a few tweaks or so on a presentation they were coming up. You know, I probably think of one person in the last few years, but most of my people, they are what I would call pretty green. They may not be totally new to public speaking. They may have given a couple presentations here and there, but they know that they still need to improve their skills that just like you said, they might've had a class in college, which was like, 18 years ago and they haven't done any type of training since or they tried to watch a couple youtube videos and some of my clients have told me that they're like i tried to watch a couple youtube videos and then even then i was like i know i need to get some one-on-one -on -one help for what i for what i particularly need need to get better at so then they decide to reach out to a public speaking coach and then they find me but the majority of my clients know i I gear my services, my my uh, business towards Christian female professionals and entrepreneurs, and that doesn't necessarily mean that they have a religious message. You know, they're just Christian women, but they, like I said, they're entrepreneurs. I need mm -hmm. to be able to talk about my business better. I want to have a platform. I want to be able to share my information better. So they know that public speaking is one of those skills that they need to brush up on if they want to have a successful business, you know, let okay. people know who they are, all that good stuff. Okay. Okay. So from what you've seen outside of just nerves, what are some of the, the greater pitfalls that you're seeing with people who are trying to get in public speaking or improve their public speaking skills? When I think about women in particular, because since that's who I serve, and let me say this, the things that I'm going to say that I see a lot of women that seem to affect them more, mm -hmm. that's not to say that men are not affected by that either, but it just seems like women are, you know, they're, they're okay. more affected by it. Code, okay. switching, code switching is one that comes to mind right away, one issue. And I've actually heard this, I've actually heard this from women who when I had consultation calls with them before I actually started working with them, they mentioned this. They didn't actually say the term code switching, but it would fall under that category. So for anyone who's not familiar with that code switching, it's a term that's been around since the 50s and the original definition just meant alternating between two different languages in a conversation. But today the term has, it's a little bit different now. So that can mm -hmm. mean feeling like you have to change something about yourself, maybe in order to connect with this audience. So when I say change something about yourself, I need to change the way I speak. I need to change the way I normally dress. I need to change how I wear 
my hair, mm -hmm. things like that. And it's not to say that we don't adapt ourselves to the environment that we're in. If this is say more a corporate audience versus if I'm giving this to a group of, of members who they, they normally dress casual in their everyday life, you know, you make some tweaks again, you always keep the audience in mind first, but I'm talking about feeling like you have to authentically change who you are because you feel like you're not going to be able to connect with this audience. So that's something that I've seen more so with women. But like I tell my clients, the person that hired you knew who you were. You yeah. weren't a surprise to them. They most likely saw a video of you or they were in an audience for a presentation you were giving before. And that's why they wanted to bring you in to their group. So they knew how you wore your hair. Uh, they had a sense of your style. They knew how you spoke. So you don't feel like you have to change yourself into something that you're not. We wanna be able to bring our authentic selves to the stage. The best version of yeah. our authentic selves is like I like to tell them. So it's not about coming onto the stage being myself, but I'm totally not prepared, not at all. Be the best version of yourself. So code switching is one that I've seen. Another one, imposter syndrome, which you may have heard. Okay, imposter syndrome. Yeah, feeling, the simplest way I could describe that is, and again, I see it a bit more with women, although it definitely can affect men as well, but feeling like you're gonna be found as a fraud they asked me to be the speaker at this event and they asked me to talk about neonatal nursing and I really don't know that much about babies. I really don't know that much about my field as, as, as they think I do. Mm -hmm. For some reason, it's doubting your abilities, your skills, your experiences. You don't think that you really are as qualified to speak to this audience as the people do who brought you in. So that is something that that can really affect you. Not even mm -hmm. just speaking, it's like in your everyday life, other things that you may want, other pursuits. So that's something I see there as well. And then I would say the last one with women, perfectionism. And I uh, we want we want to be the best. We want to we over prepare sometimes, and that sometimes that's to your detriment because you will make yourself go crazy by over preparing. Like you're yeah. going to stage in five minutes, <laughs> and you're still trying to make sure that let me let me read my script here. Do I have everything all together? You know this already. You can't make any changes in the last five minutes here. What are you doing? You need to go on and present this fantastic speech as you've been preparing for it for a month now. And perfectionism, it, you know, it can affect us in different ways, but something that women will do is self-monitoring. While you are actually speaking to people, speaking to your audience, it's, it's you correcting yourself in your mind as you go along the way. You are trying to oh, wow. be so conscious of the words in your head before you actually let them leave your mouth because you want to be so perfect you don't want anything to go awry but self-monitoring is very stressful and because you're so focused on yourself you're not really going to be able to connect with the audience and that's who you need to be worried about is the audience mm -hmm. not yourself 
Wow. Now, I know I have been accused of code switching on numerous occasions, and I think I've just been doing it for so long. It just happens naturally for me at this point. So the majority of the time, I don't even realize I'm doing it until somebody points it out to me. So really, people are pointing it out. Yeah, I've had people point, I've, mostly family members have pointed it out to me. So, for example, um, I'll say, you know, for black people or whatnot, a lot of us, we, ha we have a certain lingo or, you know, cultural things that we say around our family and our friends and whatnot. But then if we get around, let's say, our um, Caucasian friends or an environment where it's predominantly white, then we tend to switch up how we talk. And so that's one thing that I've, I've caught myself doing, but I don't realize that I'm doing it. So it's uh, it's almost as if you have an accent in, in a sense. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you, 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 does that make sense? No, so, it, it absolutely does. It's what you just said. That's a good example. When you say speaking differently, it's it's a balance. It's a balance there, Miss Yak. So you're not totally wrong in what you did. The thing is, before, and this goes back to research, we need to research who our audience is before we speak to them so we know who they are. Once we know who they are, then mm -hmm. we know how we need to create this presentation. We know how we need to deliver it to them. If, if this is an audience where let's say they're they're going to understand certain words like let's just say they're all computer engineers i may know okay i can speak this jargon to them because they're going to understand this terminology right. i know i can speak to them this way if this is a mixed audience there are going to be people here who are not computer engineers they may not understand this I, I do need to speak a bit of a different way. I can't just give jargon here because it's going to go over their heads. They're not mm -hmm. going to understand it. You mm -hmm. do need to speak in a way that the audience you're speaking to are going to get what your message is, what you're saying. So you're not totally wrong there. Again, I know it's a tricky line, um, yeah. but like I like to say is once you know who your audience is, then you'll know better how to address them. It just gets a little dangerous code switching when we make assumptions. You know, we make assumptions yeah. about this group of people that we're speaking to, or we're changing how we are delivering to them because of what we think they are assuming about us. Sometimes speakers do that. Yeah. You think that, yeah. oh, well, I'm black, I'm speaking to this predominantly white audience that they are gonna perceive me this way because I am black or because I'm a black woman. Well, why did you assume that about them? You know, we gotta ask ourselves these questions yeah. sometimes and check ourselves because we don't want people to assume things about us. So why do we assume that about this audience? Okay. It goes back to doing research. That's a great point. That's a great point. We don't want them to make assumptions about us. So why do it to others? I, great point. Okay. Now, when it comes to imposter syndrome, um, I, I guess I, I can relate to that too. I know I've been in that boat as well, where I felt like, okay, well, I, I'm not as, I'm not all that. I'm, I'm not as qualified as they think I am or whatnot. Like, why am I here in the situation? You know, I know my piece, but I can't speak on all this other stuff. I don't, you know, I, so I can relate to, to that, but if you have someone who is qualified to speak on the subject matter, and but they've got it in their head that you know I'm not qualified. 
how can you overcome that? Well, that's a good question. A lot of things, like they said in life, is all mental. That that saying has been around forever, and I didn't even understand that until I was older. So there are some things that with people, it might be some deep-rooted things that I, I may not be aware of. Maybe they are very smart. I mean, they went to an Ivy League college, but maybe when they from the time they were a child, maybe they heard these negative messages from parents. Something mm -hmm. like that, that can affect you even up until adulthood, you'd be surprised, where yeah. you know you're accomplished on a logical level, you know you have all these degrees, you have all this work experience, but you're still thinking about the messages that your mother gave you from when you were a child, or that insult a teacher gave you, a professor maybe who said, oh, well, I don't think you should be in this class, you'll never make it. And then you ended up graduating at the top of your class, some things maybe like something like that maybe a little bit out of like my scope that might be a mindset thing you just really have to yeah someone about but i'm going to be able to help you with those practical tangible things why i'm, I'm a question person i'm going to ask questions well why do you even think this in the first place you mm -hmm. have all of these accomplishments we're really going to go down the list here why don't you think this? Or did you have a bad experience? Sometimes that throws people off. They have one bad public speaking experience, for example, maybe early on when they started speaking. It mm -hmm. is still wanting them, even though they have spoken since. They have definitely been able to show their knowledge to their audience, but they still remember that one time and it throws them off it makes them doubt themselves every time so for me i just ask the questions well why do you think this way and again i'm not a psychiatrist not a psychologist <laughs> but i'm gonna do what i can so that you feel like i can deliver this message confidently i do bring value that's what i remind my clients you got to tell yourself I have something of value to bring this audience here because that's what it's about in the end. The audience just cares about, am I going to leave here with the information that's going to make me better? Uh, the mm -hmm. questions that I may have come in with, am I going to have a better understanding now? Are you going to have me leaving better than how I came? It's kind of like how we say in the church, you want to leave better than how you came. <laughs> right. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's how i approach that like why do you even feel this way look at all your credentials here in the end the audience really just wants to leave better than they came they just want to be able to gather some new information our brains are always attuned to when we hear or learn something new so mm -hmm. are they getting that information from you is this going to be a quality period of time that they're spending with you sometimes we just we're so focused on ourselves and we don't realize all that we're bringing to the table we yeah. we we are harsher critics of ourselves than the audience members are most definitely, most definitely. I, I i completely agree with that um i i tell people all the time i am my worst critic um but i i think and that that can be a handicap as well being your worst critic because it it in a sense, holds you back from, you know, stepping out on faith and taking those additional steps and putting yourself out there because you've already put it in your head that it's not worthy, right? 
Um, so that's a, a handicap as well, because that's where I was kind of getting at when I was asking you those questions earlier, because, you know, when it comes to trying to help someone be a good speaker or overcome their issues, there could be a lot of variables to consider when dealing with that, you know, just personal issues and mental issues and familial issues, you know, that they have to overcome uh, to become the speaker that they're destined to be. So that's why I was wondering, like, okay, how in deep do you get with these clients? <laughs> that's a big can of worms. It is, and you're right. People, well, well, I mean, not even just talking about, like, self-imposter syndrome and all that. People have so many different reasons why they are just nervous about speaking in general. And, yeah, it can stem from a bad experience or it can stem from familial messages that they heard growing up that are still affecting them negatively today. Yeah. So those conversations do tend to come out when I am coaching along the way, I'll hear something, it'll catch my, my ear and I'm like, okay, well now I understand my client a little bit better, but here's how we can address any fears that you may have. So, you know, I'll teach them tangible things. And yeah, some things are a mindset. They're a mindset thing. Yeah. We can talk about breathing. Uh, we can talk about some fun exercises to get you in a calm state. But then some things are like, you have to be mindful of the messages that you're telling yourself. Yeah. So talking to yourself is not just what you're saying out loud to yourself. It's also what you are saying in your mind. And the state of mind that you have before you actually have to speak, that's crucial right there. You've got to put yourself in a good place mentally before you can actually open your mouth to speak to people. I mean, you can only pretend, but for so long, it's, it's just going to feel stressful after a while. So you need to just try to put yourself in a positive state. Wow. Wow. Oh, oh my goodness. So, okay. So all my listeners and viewers out there, if you guys are tuning in to this wonderful episode with Miss Rokita Johnson. All right. So she is a public speaking coach, y'all. And if you are local, she's like I said, right in our backyard in Huntsville, Alabama. All right. So as you guys have been noticing, I have been posting down her website as well as all of her social media handles at the bottom of the screen. So look right down there at the bottom of the screen. You will see all of her social media handles that are scrolling across the screen. I've also been showing her website up there as well. So on her website, y'all, she's got quite a few things up here. She's got her services that she offers. She's even got workshops and whatnot. Yeah, hey, y'all might want to go ahead and check her out because public speaking, isn't, it ain't no joke. There's a whole lot that goes into it, a whole lot that goes into making it successful. Now, I know me personally, public speaking is something that I've wanted to get into as well. Like I said, I enjoy being on the stage. I enjoy talking to people and whatnot. And I just don't know how to get into that whole atmosphere, that, 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 that sector, you know, of, of public speaking and, and making some some money off of it and whatnot. But I would love to get into that. And that's something that I'm looking into on the side as well. So, hey, y'all, go ahead, get your web, your, your computer, your computer out. See, I'm, I'm getting tongue tied. Go ahead and get your computer out <laughs> and type it in. I'm going to put it up there for y'all one more time. All right. So here is her website. All right. There it is, first and last name. She got her government name up there for y'all, making real plain and simple for you how to go ahead and find her. Check her out. 
Um, pull over to her website, find out what services she has to offer you. It's right up the street. Huntsville is just right around the corner for all y'all down here in Birmingham, Alabama with me. So, Miss Rokita, I have thoroughly enjoyed speaking with you. Um, it's been a pleasure. And you came all the way down from Connecticut to Huntsville. Like that. That's a big jump. It was okay. a very big jump. I came here last August, so I've been here a little over a year now. Oh, my goodness. Connecticut. Huntsville. Just, anytime somebody moves from up north, I'm like, okay, why? <laughs> what, 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 what prompted you to come down here? <laughs> One of my best, best friends since high school, she moved here a few years ago. Like her family roots are from Alabama, but she's born and raised in Connecticut. So we met up there. She moved here a few years ago. It's a beautiful family. And then along the way, I met a couple other friends who live down more towards your way in Birmingham. So I would come visit the last few years. And as I visited more, I would look around and I would say, oh, you know, this is this is kind of a nice state. Like, I like it here. I like when I visited. I liked how I felt. And then, yeah, I said, you know what? I I'm going to make that that move there. And I'm here. Wow. Well, I'm so happy that you did. Because, you, yeah, you know, some people be talking bad about my state, but Alabama got, you know, we got some good things going on down here, too. It's a lot of good things going on. I know I've, I've heard I've heard the comments, too, but I just tell them, you know what, like, unless you visit it for yourself, then it's kind of hard to make a judgment. Most of those people, almost all of them, haven't even visited Alabama. Right. So, I'm just like, you know, you got to visit places for yourself. That's all I could tell them. Amen to that. All right. Well, again, thanks again for coming on to Girl Talk with Miss Yak. For all of my listeners and viewers out there, as always, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on all major social media platforms. Check out our YouTube page, as well as all of our streaming platforms on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, uh, Spreaker, Spotify, you name it. I'm there. All right. Every Tuesday, you got a freebie for them. Too. Oh yes, I almost forgot. Yes, see y'all, I'm about to, I'm about to mess y'all up. Go ahead, ma'am. Go ahead. So I have a freebie for all the listeners who catch this, and I'm sure Miss Miss Nap Miss Yap will put the link in YouTube and all the places that you can find this this uh, conversation that we're having. But I have a guide, it's called Six Steps for Slaying the Stage. So slay the stage is, that's a, a term that I've coined, is associated with my business, trademarked, all that good stuff. It's also the name of one of my coaching programs, but slaying the stage, just like it sounds, how can you be an engaging speaker? What are those things that you need to be mindful of? I give you six of them that you need to look at and it's going to help you at least start off on the right foot and miss yak will have that link for you there and if it's okay to mention miss yak i also have a workshop coming up for women as well sure go ahead so on october 16th i have my the confident clear and engaging speaker workshop it's again october 16th which is a saturday I'm only accepting 15 women. It's for Christian female entrepreneurs who are tired of struggling with their public speaking skills. And we're gonna focus on three areas in particular that I see women struggling with, which is content, 
managing their nerves, and then engagement. I don't want to bore these people. What what do I do? What do I do? So we're going to talk about that. And you're also going to, it's not just lecture, because I don't want to just talk your heads off. There's going to be some fun hot seat activities, some group work. You're going to be able to leave Ooh. this workshop with a real deal beginning outline so you understand the process of how to put content together because that's a stumbling block for a lot of people i know i want to speak but where do i even begin with putting content together so we're going to talk about what you need to cut what you need to keep so mm. you're at least going to have a beginning outline that you can build upon later for a real speech that you may want to give uh-oh. All right, y'all. Look, see, y'all heard it from the horse's mouth. She didn't put y'all on game. So go ahead and check her out. Like I said, I've got the website up there for you guys. I'm going to put that right back up there just for y'all. All right? We've got the website for you guys. And again, as always, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Go ahead and check her website out. Check me out every Tuesday and Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time for another episode of Girl Talk with Miss Yak. Until next time, y'all be good now.